21, 17. Numbers chapter 21, 17. We are making progress. We are making progress toward God's stated goal. We are making progress. It's baby steps, town by town, little by little. But we're getting closer to God's goal. He wanted Israel to get into the promised land. He calls them to do circles in the desert for 38 and a half years where millions of people died. Everyone 21 years and older except for Josh and Caleb. They, wait, wait a minute. Mandy is our expert on Caleb. That's her case study. How old is he now? Uh, 82. He's 80. Okay. Well, how old is Moses? 120. And he's leading them around in the desert. An interesting fact, the, their sandals never wore out for 40 years. Yeah, I think it was some fancy shoe company. Yeah, that was it. <laughs> oh, okay, Old Testament, Old Bound, yeah, okay. So, so with that said, we're getting closer and closer and closer in the book of Numbers. We're getting closer and closer and closer to the promised land. But it is symbolic of us. We are circles, doing circles. In our ministries, in our lifestyles, we are trying to accomplish things before we get to our stated goal, our Beulah land. Praise God, huh? Our Beulah land. So I, I appreciate the, the song. We are in Numbers chapter 21. We have just had the fiery serpents attack the village the camp because of their lack of faith the people's lack of faith god sent in sent in fiery serpents and in order to be saved from them they had to look up at the cross at the pole in order for us to be saved we have to look to the cross but now we find ourselves in 2117 21 17. And this is a little slow going, and I don't want to spend a lot of time, but Israel, verse 17. Then Israel sang this song, spring up, O well. They wanted water, spring up, O well. Now, in this case, I wanted you to notice that God doesn't always make it easy. He doesn't, he doesn't dig a hole for them in, in the rock and they're going to get water. No, he tells them what to do and they're going to have to provide the manpower. And that's a good lesson for us parents and grandparents, teaching our, our children work ethic as well. Verse 17, then Israel sang this song, Spring up, O well. Sing ye unto it. And the princes, the leaders, they dug the well. The nobles of the people digged it by the, by the direction of the lawgiver with their staves. And from the wilderness they went to Matanah. I don't know if I can do this or not. 
That's Philistines over there. I'm looking north right now. You're looking south. Over there on the wall, that's the Mediterranean Sea. That's the Philistines. They were a mighty, a mighty group of people. We already know that they had very large people there. Then uh, the next group in, oh, Mary, can I use you? Yeah, I'm going to use you. Mary is Jericho. She's a bright, shining star, and she is to all of us. But Mary, just in case, I'm looking at you, but just in case, raise your hand real quick. She won't raise her hand. Gary, point to her. Okay, that's Jericho. That's where God's trying to get them to. That's going to be their port of entry, crossing over, crossing over the Jordan River. But they're trying to go straight into the, the south of, of Israel, and the king, the king that owns that property won't let them. So they're going to have to go city by city, way out and around, all the way around back here to Sleeping Denny, Back here to Denny, and you're wearing red too, so maybe you're Jericho. That'd make it easier. But we came all the, they come all the way around to all these cities in the next several ten verses, and they come to, they come up around to Jericho. And that's where they're going to cross into Israel. That's God's plan. Try to stop him. They can't be stopped now. There's going to be some hiccups, some burps, but they are going to get to Mary, I mean Jericho, no matter what. And the walls are going to what? The walls are going to fall down. Nobody could ever attack Israel without the supernatural help of God. And you and I have Jerichos that are impossible. Without the supernatural power and help of God himself. So as we come across the rest of this chapter 21, we, we just have some city after city. Verse 21, Israel sent messengers to Sihon, king of the Amorites, saying, Let me pass through the land. We will not eat anything. We won't bother anything. Let us go. It's going to be easier on us. Every one of these cities and countries are related somehow to the Jews. They're related in history to uh, Adam and Eve or to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Well, verse 23, Sihon would not allow Israel to pass through his border. But Sihon not only just said no, but he gathered all his army together and he went out against Israel into the wilderness. And they came to Jahaz and fought against Israel. Oh, what a mistake. Don't fight against Israel. Not when God's hand is upon them, leading them and guiding. Not when God has a meaning and a purpose now. God is going to work out his plan. He has killed off all the faithless ones, the older ones. And now he's got a new generation. And 
Word has it they've been practicing with their swords and their spears and their bow and arrows. And wasn't that interesting this morning when he told us 900 miles an hour, a sling will throw a rock. That's incredible if you were here this morning. So Israel smote with the edge of the sword and possessed his land. Would have been easier if he would have said, sure, come on through. Israel smote him, Sihon that is, with the edge of the sword and possessed his land from Arnon unto Jabak, even unto the children of Ammon. For the border of the children of Ammon was strong. He has just wiped out the whole south southeastern side of, of Jeru- not Jerusalem, Israel. He has just gone through and conquered it, and he's not going to stop. When I say he's not going to stop, it's God. God's not going to, he's not going to, going to allow them to stop. And there are so many of them now. How, how many people can a million people, three million people produce in 40 years. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's like just this incredible army coming up, coming up through their land. Wow. And Israel took all these cities, and Israel dwelt in all the cities of the Amorites, in Heshbon and in the villages thereof. Now, I'm not giving too much time to the cities because... They, most of them don't exist now. They don't exist. For Heshbon was the city of Sihon, the king of the Amorites, who had fought against the former king of Moab, and taken all his land, and out of his, and out of his hand, even unto Arnan. Wherefore, they, they that speak in Proverbs say, Come into Heshbon, let the city of Sihon be built and prepared. For there is a fire gone out of Heshbon, a flame from the city of Sihon. It hath consumed our of Moab. Woe to thee, Moab, thou art undone. Literally what we're saying here is Moab, remember, wouldn't let them in. He wouldn't let them, he wouldn't let them take, take a, a shortcut through. And Moab thinks he was, he couldn't be defeated. Well, we, Israelite, just defeated the enemy of Moab. So what this is saying is, you Amorites have beaten the Moabites. And we've beaten you. So there. That was their song. That was their poetry. It was in Hebrew poetry. But it's a little bit of a, a proud thing. I don't know if they made banners. It's, it's, it's kind of like a football game, football teams. When you get defeated by somebody, and then you go and defeat someone else who has just defeated your, the team that defeated you. Something's going on here. Well, God's got his hand upon them all upon Israel, and he is going to move these people up. It would be up the eastern side of the Jordan River, of the Dead Sea, of the Jordan River, up to an area where we've talked about much, Jabesh Gilead. 
about 10 years ago. I preached a sermon. Probably get it again. But God's going to do it slowly. They're going to circle the land and wipe out all their enemies that are over there so that they won't be bothered for a while. And then they're going to cross over the Jordan River. Where is the Jordan River? Right here. And they're going to come in and they are going to defeat Mary. I mean, <laughs> see, she's already taken her red sweater off so we can't find her. <laughs> so that's where we're at. And uh, it goes on in Moses, verse 30, in uh, verse 31. Then Israel dwelt in the land of the Amorites. Now that would be to the far east, the east side of the Jordan. Moses sent to spy out Jezir. And they took the villages thereof and drove out the Amorites that were there. And they turned and went up by the way of Bashan. And Og, the king of Bashan, went out against them, he and all his people, to the battle of Andrea. Now wait. They have found his bed, believe it or not. This man was massive. 15 foot long bed. 15 by 5 feet wide. His bed was 15 feet long, 5 feet wide, and it was made of, of metal. Incredible. It's one of the first mentions of metal in the Bible. In the Bible and it, 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 it's going to say, when we get to another passage, how big, large this man is. But with God's size doesn't matter who's going to go up against God. Who can defeat him? He's got a purpose. He's got a plan. Our purpose ought to fit into his plan to become useful while we're still here because we're not going to be here for long. I don't know. And, and even so, 80, 90 years old, that's not long when it comes to, when it comes to eternity in heaven. So we're not going to be here that long and maybe only an hour from now. Wow. Hope I get to eat my snack. <laughs> Verse 38. And they turned and went up by the way of Bashan. And, and Og, the king of Bashan, who was, must have been a giant, went out against them. And the people were defeated. And the, and the Lord said unto Moses, Don't be afraid of him. Fear him not. No fear. This morning, what's the opposite of fear? Faith. Faith and fear are opposites. The big guy that sat in the back. I forget his first name. He had a purple heart. I didn't want to ask, what? Tim, the big guy back there, purple heart. I didn't want to ask him the, the customary question. I'm sure he's sick of it. But I didn't know for sure he was saved, so I gave him my testimony. And after giving my testimony, he gave me his. He said he was completely surrounded, he and his men. 
And there was, there was this machine gun firing on them. And the bullets were just going all around him. He, there was no way. And he said, okay, Lord, if this, is, if this is how I'm going to die, that's good with me. I just, I, I just need you and want you as my Savior, and I'm going to charge that machine gun nest. And he stood up, and he said the bullets were just flying all around him. him. And they do this thing with a machine gun where they walk it up. They walk the bullets up in the, in the dirt till they can find you. That's how they locate you. And he said, I just decided today's the day I'm going to heaven. So I just walked right up to that machine gun expecting to die any second. He said he was a little disappointed when he survived. <laughs> but now he's got a testimony also. And he said he... He said all the way up there, he had a complete peace about his dying that day. And now, now, he said, he, it felt like this verse, don't be afraid. Verse 34, fear him not, fear him not. And the Lord said unto Moses, fear him not, for I have delivered him into thy hand. Now, wait a minute, this morning's message isn't that what the Lord told David? Don't be afraid of his size. Don't be afraid. I have delivered him into your hand. I will take care of him. And some of the storms some of us are handling right now in our lives or will be handling in our lives, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. If you're ready, you face it, you charge that machine gun, and if you go, you go. That's the way he felt. It was very interesting. I didn't know how to get him to tell, tell me what, his story until I told him mine. You know, again, I, w I was awed by, by a couple of those guys, the three of them even. And I, 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 I've told some of you that just as much as those three have faced bullets face death they are heroes some of you are my heroes with the things you've faced or are facing keep your mind on the Lord and trust him no matter what because verse 34 fear him not for I have delivered him into thy hand. I have delivered it into thy hand and all his people and his land. And thou shalt do to him as thou did to Sihon the king of the Amorites which dwelt in Heshbon. So they smote him. That means they killed him. And his sons and his people. Until there was none left alive. And they possess that land. Now, what they're doing, though, in the meantime, they, they are... Did I do that? They are going around the south and the far east and starting a little north, and they're wiping out all their enemies. So that for a while, once they conquer Israel and Joshua gets... gets uh, they, they have three campaigns when they go in. Once they go in, 
they won't have that much enemy activity around them. That's pretty cool. They could have gone straight in, and then all the rest of their lives they'd have had to be worrying about all these enemies over here on the Eastern Front. But the way, the way God did it, he took them around, and they came in, and they got married. Chapter 22. Oh, chapter 22. One of our favorite people in the Bible. The children of Israel set forward, and they pitched in the plains of Moab on this side of the Jordan, just right across from Jericho. And Balak, oh, this Balak must be, he must be an egoist. The son of, he is the son of Zippor, saw all that the Israel had done to the Amorites. And Moab was very afraid of the people because they were many. And Moab was distressed because of the children of Israel. So Moab said unto the elders of Midian, Now shall this company lick up all that are around us. He's talking about the Israelites. As the ox licks up the grass of the field, and Balak the son of Zippor was king of the Moabites at that time. So, what could I do? They outnumber us, they're driven, they might even have some spiritual help in this. What can I do to survive and my country survive? I don't know if it happened like this, but... He got on the internet. <laughs> and he said, who's, he said on the internet, on Google, who's the most powerful prophet in the land? And Google spit out a name named Balaam. Mandy, I know this is one of your favorite stories. Does Balaam's donkey, or did we ever give don the donkey a name? Doesn't have a name. What? What is? Waffle. That's going to lay in my memory forever. I might even forget Balaam and Balak, but I'll never forget Waffle. Later on, tell me why you came up with that. So, he's going to send, he's going to send messengers 400 miles. On donkey back, probably, or horseback or something, to go get Balaam, the greatest prophet of all time, according to Google. Well, I'm not going to cover that much more, but is it intense? And I... I think you're the, the Sunday night scholars of our church. So that means you know all about the, the three talking animals in the Bible. And next week, Lord willing, we're going to learn about the second one. What was the first talking animal? The serpent, Satan. This is the second talking animal. His name is Waffle. 
Did you just come up with that, or you know some? <laughs> Waffle. You know what she's talking about? Okay. Waffle. That's the second talking animal in the Bible. I don't think any of you know the third talking animal. What? Psalms. Saul's donkey talk. That's this guy. That's Waffle. Oh, Jack, never forget Waffle. We will have a test next week. A written test. Waffle. So, I'm not allowed to have waffles anymore because of the sugar and the carbs and the carbs in it. But that does sound good right now. Third talking animal. I think it's about chapter 15 of Revelation. The eagle flying through the sky is speaking. Some, the King James Version says it's an eagle. And I'm going to go with that. So there's three talking animals. Next week, we will learn all about, about Balaam and his talking donkey named Waffle. And we will see just how hard Balak almost sells the whole kingdom to Balaam. Almost, Balak, King Balak almost sells out all his treasury almost to entice, I'm getting confused with the names now, Balaam to come down. What's he want? He wants this prophet to curse the Israelites. That ain't going to work. You don't curse God's people. Lord, we ask your blessings on this, on this teaching. Ask you, Lord, to bless it to our minds and our hearts. Let us realize, Lord, you're in charge. You're in control. You have a plan. Help us, dear Lord, to make sure we're part of it. In Jesus' name, amen.